It was a cold March day in 1875, and the early morning hour showed no signs of it becoming one of the most traumatic days of Mercy Porter's life. She was looking forward to the spring, letting her windows open wide as she would clean, sort clothes, and mop the floors in her spacious home. As she moved about that morning, picking at this and picking at that, she let out a soft holler to her husband, who seemed to be taking quite a while to come down to breakfast. Normally, on such a fine day, he would be the first at the table. But it didn't seem so today. Little Lily had already beat her father to his chair. She did that quite often, would go and jump up on his chair so that when he sat down, he would pretend he did not see her and would lightly sit right on top of her. Then she would holler out with an, Ouch, Daddy! He then would rise up quickly, as if he had never seen her there. It was a favorite of hers, and Daddy always seemed to play along with giggles and tickles afterwards, which was more than likely the part she looked forward to the most. But what alerted Mercy the most was when her 14-year-old son came down even before his father. Now that was something new and something to be noticed. Her son, Elijah, was never down before his father, and it was usually his father who would have to get him downstairs that early. So, as Mercy plucked a small bowl of porridge in front of her small daughter, she took off up the stairs to see what could be slowing down her husband. She could not imagine that he would crawl back into bed, especially on this fine day. He had a very busy day ahead of him, with the reports to run today on the new Brigham Young Academy opening. She knew her husband wouldn't want to be running behind on that one, the Mormons were in the news, and she wanted to make sure that her husband would be at the top of the line reporting this news. Arriving at the top of the stairs, she realized she did not hear his usual whistling as he shaved his face, nor did she hear him tapping his razor on the side of the tub, and wondered if he had crawled back into bed. But as she swung open the bathroom door wide, he was nowhere in sight. This, then, seemed to irritate her as she realized that he must have lain down, and this she wouldn't have. Shutting the door a little hard, she then raced for the bedroom, swung the door open wide, and she saw her husband lying sprawled across the bed, with his undergarments on and his trousers twisted around his ankles. His face was turned toward the window, and his arms were underneath his chest. By the time she got to him, she was in tears, crying, Franklin, Franklin, are you all right? As she ran up to him and got to his face. As she did this, it was more than clear that he was not alive, and there was blood seeping from his nose. As she screamed out to her son, she then thought of baby Lily, who had come running up the stairs with her brother, and she ran to the doorway, and instead she told her son to go get Doc Gus quickly and to take his sister with him. She added that he should drop her off with Aunt Rebecca. With no other questions asked, her son Elijah was off with sister in tow and out the door. Then Mercy went back to her husband, taking his vitals and praying that it was not too late. But she already knew that it was too late, and her whole world came crashing down on her as she sat there alone in tears, sobbing and pulling at his shirt collar. This was the start of what should have been a very blessed day, with the freshness of spring ringing through the air and such important news coverage to get to working on. 
Mercy Porter had met Franklin at a gala event that was a sort of get-together of all the local newspapers, and people had come from miles around to tell each newspaper their interests and what they'd like to read. Mercy's own father had been working for a newspaper company all of his life as a traveling reporter. His job was to travel and bring back to local communities everything new and fresh he could find, from women's styles of hair and clothing to the latest inventions. She had grown up with words and whispers of news clips, local town gossips, and the coming attractions to small but growing towns. Her mother had been a small-town photographer, so from both sides, reporting news was in her life.